Hello. Welcome back. It's been a week. It's Chai and Chats. Hey. <laughs> um, thank you for tuning in to Chai and Chats again this week. We were off last week for reading week. So sad. I missed you all. I hope you miss me too. Um, we are back with a new guest today. I'm Sara. Let me just like preface if you're not, if you're listening in for the first time. I'm Sara. Chai and Chats is all about talking well, it's me talking with a guest every week, a new person every week about being Arab and growing up in the West and like all the themes that kind of come with that. So today we have a very special guest with us. We have Lana. Hi. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, my name is Lana. I'm a second year law student. I'm originally from Syria and I am single as a fiarsan out there. <laughs> Okay, any single suitors? I wish I had a call-in feature. There is a little phone here, so <laughs> yeah, you should make it like a live musmach. <laughs> <laughs> I might do that actually. We have. I'm just gonna change the name to this musmach, <laughs> musmach radio. <laughs> just you setting up all the like Arab members yeah. together. Yeah. Anybody who wants to be set up with a man or a woman, please come onto my show, and I can set you up. I'll find you someone. Don't worry. We have. Well, we have a law student here, so yeah. Very good. Very good suitors come onto this place. All of the people that come on here are geniuses. I left law, but that's besides the point. I'm not on this show. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, Lana, thank you for coming on. Lana actually has a very similar background in terms of, like, would we say career, maybe? Um, yeah. Education and career. So, Lana is doing law. I did law. My chair keeps hitting against something. This is very annoying. Sorry. Um, my, yeah, so she is doing law right now in Trinity, which is great because I did law in Trinity. Um, I left that though. So maybe you'll stay in. Hopefully you stay in. Don't do what I did. Um, do what makes you happy. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. Are you happy in law? Very. That's amazing. Okay, I hope you stay. Because at that point in second year, I was not. So if you're happy now and you can get through second year, then you are good to go. Um, that's great to hear. But yeah, so she's doing law. Obviously she's Arab and she's here in Ireland. And she is also the president of the Arabesque Society, which I was also the president. If you're a Trinity student listening to this, please join the best niche society there is. Yes, I agree. I will second that. Join UCD Arab Sock as well. I mean, I have to I have to like, you know, give them a little bit bit of promotion because I'm in UCD now. But yes, join both no matter what college you're in. Um, Both societies are great. They do a lot of collabs, which is nice. So you'll meet people from the other colleges, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, so why don't we kickstart? So where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Ireland or did you grow up in... Oh, no, like, my, like, background's very complicated. So I was born in Texas. What? For some odd reason. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, my mom just randomly decided, you know, let's go to the States. Fair enough. So what, do you have American citizenship? Yeah. Oh, my God, that's so iconic. That's here. There's another thing (laughs) to add to the dating profile. Exactly. Arsan, come at me. Um, but basically, yeah, it's my dad's like biggest flex. Just like, binti mahal pasporil ameriki. So fair. I would flex that all the time if I was you, honestly. So um, I yeah, get that. so I was born in the States and then I didn't really live there. I was only there for like a few months and then I went to Syria. I spent most of my childhood in Syria until very late 2012. That's when my parents, you know, chose to move to Ireland and I've been in Ireland ever since then. Wow. So yeah. you moved what 2012? Yeah. So I moved into 2013. Oh so wow. Another similarity that we have yeah. together. Yeah. Okay, I, I always good. thought like 
you moved like I know you grew up in Cyprus yeah. so I thought yeah, like you moved here like 2010 no no 2000 it was, it's been eight years it's crazy it's flown by yeah. I was 15 when I moved here so wait how old are you you're 21 right no actually I just turned 20 oh my god you're younger yeah. wow okay well then yeah we have a young person here <laughs> any young suitors <laughs> um, amazing okay well that's cool so why don't we just talk generally about being an Arab woman specifically in the West how like obviously you grew up in Syria and you moved here so there is naturally a bigger comparison than like what I, I've experienced so what was one thing you're also the eldest of your siblings yeah, right okay so we have that similarity there so like give me just like a rundown on how of how you kind of feel about that whole thing I just feel like being an Arab woman whether it's in the west or back home like you're always put under the microscope like there's mm-hmm. so many expectations mm-hmm. Like, you're expected to be, you know, that modern woman, you mm-hmm. know, the woman of steel. You go to work, you, you're you amazing in your whatever set field. But then you also have to be, you know, really into your home duties. I and you like, have to provide. You yeah, have to provide for you, you have to be, you know, good at cooking and all those skills. You have to be, like, almost like a good, like, child bearer, if <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. So the, the like, conservative, or maybe we say traditional mindset is still not there it's just like it's almost like it's added actually this element no, of modernity. i think the traditional mindset has changed like yeah look at us we're so modern yeah mm. of course you can work mm-hmm. but you still have to do all of those that's duties. what i mean all the extra duties that are like considered the modern woman the old stuff hasn't gone away it's just that we've added new, new duties new stuff exactly yeah. and it's not it's not like oh we go like to men like okay yeah no she's working you don't have to mess then be in no so expecting of her to have like a clean house or whatever yeah. you should help in as well no it's just all of these expectations mm-hmm. are only on women yeah they're not also for men do you find that that's the case with like when you were in syria that's the case in syria or is it also in the case with our families that are abroad i don't know i i feel like that is like quite a universal experience among mm-hmm. arab women mm-hmm. and hatta if you're in ireland and like for example you're not working you're not studying like what are you doing that's true. I mean, yeah, it's like, that's the thing I'm talking. I mean, more like within your family. So, for example, you're the eldest sibling. Do you find that you have a lot more expectations? Like, does your mom oh, yeah. make you want to do like all of this stuff in comparison to like your younger siblings? Definitely. Because that's the case with me. such a big burden on, on me, mm-hmm. like because I'm the eldest. So yeah. I remember... Like growing up in primary school, I swear I did not have weekends. They were just, <laughs> they were just for studying. Like I yeah. was expected to have like you know all A pluses. Whereas mm-hmm. even throughout my junior year, you know my parents were like all A's, all A's, all yeah. A's. Yeah. And like my sister is in third year now. I mean there there's still like an expectation to yeah. do well, but it's not. It's as not much. as aggressive as it yeah. was with us. Yeah. And then with my younger brother, it's like study if you want, study if you don't oh want. My God. <laughs> yeah, I found that that was the case with me as well. Obviously like I think I naturally started setting these expectations up for myself yeah and then I set myself a really high standard and it's it stopped being about oh mama told me to do this or baba told me to do this it's it like was, no and I have to prove yeah, myself like yeah. as an Arab woman I have to take up all the space I have to I don't actually see it as being an Arab woman thing I only start to relate it to my like like this element of my like you know studying or or being a overachiever or whatever i never associated it with being arab or anything i just associated it with being the older sibling and then i was like well this is my personality until i realized that it was this like underlying like thing that they you're it's kind of pushed on like you like you're conditioned into yeah exactly but i only realized that that was a very arab thing only 
when I started kind of like chatting about this stuff with my Irish friends and I was like, wait, they don't have these expectations? What? I thought this was like normal. And then black is, so basically in third year, I went through that phase of like having a lot of like Irish friends. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, I'm like, oh guys, like I'm so stressed out about the junior sir. And they're like, sure, grand, like no one cares about the junior sir. And then I'm like, wait, like, do you guys have not, like these expectations of mm. you know we have to do really well you have to get great gr- careers like do you guys have do you, you don't feel that mm. you don't feel that pressure and then ever since that age I've, uh, I've always associated you know being an overachiever with being you know an Arab woman mm. and like okay. the eldest in my family like yeah. Arab woman yeah 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 you had that connection from the start yeah do you think that that kind of went into you going into law 1000% really yeah. okay okay see It was partially the case for me, but I think also I was very much one of those students, not to sound like, you know, whatever, but I would do well in school just to do well. I never really thought about what I liked. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm good at biology. I'm good at history. I'm good at whatever, like all this kind of stuff. But I was never like, well, what do I want to do? It was Mm -hmm. just like, I could just do well. And then I was doing well at everything, but I never thought about my interests. And that I don't think that that had anything to do with me being Arab because it wasn't like my yeah, parents stifled that or anything. It was literally just, that was just my personality. I was like, oh, I'll just do well and the rest will come. And so when I went into do law, it was very much like my entire life, everyone, everyone's been like, oh, like... I was just about one, to say that. Like They're like Lsenik the wheel. <laughs> you get that as well? So Lsenik the wheel, for anyone who doesn't speak Arabic, it translates literally to your tongue is long. So you talk a lot of shit, you argue, you're very like, you know... Argumentative, I think, is the best Every, word. My, my parents are like, <clears throat> Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally, same thing. Same thing. So, yeah. So that was the, like, reason that was kind of... That made me go into law. I was like, well, there's nothing else. So, yeah. you know, whatever. And I guess, like, it would be the better career choice rather than doing, like, a generic kind of broad subject that I maybe won't be able to, like, mm. utilize in the future. So I was like, okay, halas, I'll just do law. And I did it, and I hated every minute of it, but... I don't regret doing it because there wasn't like the alternative would have been something that wasn't going to help me. Now yeah. I have this edge to like any communication or media f- like well, career I want to go to. I have law in the background. At least now you know what you don't like. <laughs> I know. That's what my mom used to say to me. She'd be like, just you're going to keep trying a million different things. And the way that you figure out what you like is by doing all the things that you yeah. don't like, realizing you don't like them and then ruling them out. So that's the way that's the life advice that she gives me. Mm-hmm. And I agree with it. I just didn't understand it in the beginning. But you okay so you say you would like law so that's the difference between us but was it kind of like okay did you know my, you were do my it? story is quite complicated yeah so mm-hmm. growing up like i i love debating mm-hmm. and you know not umkhana like i actually loved debating like in school right. everything mm-hmm. and i then, did not <laughs> so like growing up i was like hmm law and then i don't know what happened around third year i was just really into biology and chemistry and then oh. Yeah, and I was like, medicine? And then, of course, there's that, like, overwhelming pressure. You're like, hmm, medicine, as an yeah, Arab. as an like, Arab, of course. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm good at biology, I'm good at chemistry, you know, everyone's doing medicine, it's the thing, you know, let's try it, let's try that. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was like, medicine? Oh my God, wait, translate that, just... They're like, you know, like, <laughs> are you going to have time for your kids in the future? And, and you're like, like a kid. Someone yeah, is telling you like, that, yeah. I don't know. So, but basically, I ended up repeating the leaving cert anyway because I wasn't happy with my score. But I, okay. I still was like, okay, let's do something like medical. So I was like, maybe dentistry. Okay. And I was like, dentistry, and you can control your office hours. And no, perfect if I do want to have kids. Yeah. 
Oh uh, my god. <laughs> I hate okay, yeah. No, 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 that's not like the main reason of No, I get you, but I, it's the fact that you have to consider that. Yeah. Is, do you get me? Like Yeah. It, it's it's shit. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then even then I remember I was like in Syria in one of the summers, I was like, Yeah, I, I'm thinking of aiming for dentistry and they're like but still, Yanni, dentistry is not nice for a woman. And I'm like, gosh. Bro. Who was saying this to you? Your family? No, 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 it... no, 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 no. My family is very open. They're like, okay. do whatever you want. Do whatever makes you happy. It's just general connotations from the society. You know, whether yeah. it's in Ireland or here. Yeah. But, but Yanni, it's mostly people back home, if I'm yeah, being yeah, honest. Like, yeah. It is a very Arab mentality to say stuff like that. But I'll just like point you there for a second. That is, I thought, was a very Arab mentality until I was doing this, like, module that I'm doing now in, in my course in, in media, where they talk about, even in media, even in Ireland, it's very common for a woman to, like, hit, masalan, we'll say, like, the childbearing age of, like, for example, 30. And if you're a woman who is applying to a media job at that age, people are going to be a little bit more wary of hiring you yeah, because they're, they're like, not as lenient because in their heads let's say you let you recently got married or something in their minds they're gonna be like well she recently got married she's that probably means she's gonna get pregnant soon she's gonna start having kids she probably won't have time and like media work the hours are crazy of course you are like looked down upon and it depends on the industry but you're looked down upon if you are not putting in all of the hours of your day into the work so when you have kids and you have to leave and like pick them up or whatever people start looking down on you and what the t- the trend that tends to happen is that women get pushed out of the industry. Yeah. They're not asked to leave, but they're put in a situation where it's like, well, you're prioritizing your kids, you're not prioritizing your work. People make life difficult for them, so they end up leaving. It's just like sending an underlying message. Exactly. So I don't think... I thought that that was an Arab thing, but turns out it's a worldwide thing where it's just the way that people perceive women yeah, in general, this, which sucks. Again, but. it's sad how this society is also sending an underlying message to, like... like Children, like teenagers, like, yeah. oh, you start, you need to start about having kids in the future, whereas, you know... Yeah, I have been... Like, this is the thing, just to talk about the kids thing. Because yeah. you start to consider it in every aspect of your life. Yeah. Like, in my head, when I was a kid, okay, obviously, like, when you're a kid, your parents are like, no dating, like, dating is not allowed, it's when you're in university, and you're like, understand, and like, in my head, I didn't get it. And then because I was like, I never dated, and I never did anything like that, when I got into college and when I was like okay if I want to find somebody he has to be like someone that I see myself marrying in the future and having kids with so I can't like yeah like you date to marry you don't date for fun exactly but when you're like a child thinking about like I'm 15 16 all my friends are like dating and having boyfriends and all this stuff and I'm sitting there like if I want to date somebody now which I couldn't but in my head you know I was like if I want to date somebody now he has to be Arab he has to be Muslim he has to be like I can marry him and I was like thinking back at that now I'm like I was a child thinking like that like yeah. I first you're, of all you're conditioned like exactly it's no ridiculous one, no one can tell me we're not conditioned to not think that way but like I wish there was a study done where like to find out if male like CEO candidates were like thinking about you know their fe- like their there are ma- there are this is what I'm telling you it's the media thing yeah they talk about it in like a man the amount of studies are done in the media industry it's yeah no exactly I mean like that. imagine like I don't think like guys when they're filling out their CAO for example think well, oh CAO yeah. sorry I thought you said CEO no 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 <laughs> when they're filling out their CAO they're like oh engineering you know nice hours I can be with my kids no no, no guy thinks like nobody that nobody thinks like that nobody thinks like that whereas you know medicine uh, I'm gonna have to sacrifice you know my you know my marital duties yeah oh my god yeah but you're right and it, that's literally like this I this this is the thing no matter how open your in your individual family is like my family is not like that like you said your family's open my family's open like we're not my mom wasn't sitting there being like 
yeah. don't do this because you're gonna have yeah, yeah my parents don't care as long as you're happy go ahead exactly but even if your initial family is not like that there are outside influences and there's always this line between like don't care what people think and in the arab world people talk shit and reputation is is it's important key. it's key yeah not it not necessarily having a good or a bad but just like don't have it don't ruin your reputation don't say the wrong thing and then end up getting screwed over and yeah. people start talking shit about you so all the life choices that you make you have to be so cautious of every decision that you make and it sucks and it's not even that like i feel like when a woman enters like a demanding profession mm-hmm. like society just immediately start, starts to label the woman as a jari'a like yeah, confident like conf- Not, like not confident, confident but like, like a risk taker. daring. Yeah, risk taker, but they's not in a good way. Yeah. They see risk taking like a woman being a risk taker as a bad thing. My my teta, my grandma and my mom from my grandma always talk about do not look into like marriage, kids, whatever until you have your undergrad, your masters, a job and a stable life. Do not and rely on I, anybody else. I think else. it should be like that. And honestly. I think it should be like that, but I feel like that's the minority. 1000%. Which sucks, but this is literally it and i think yeah i don't know it's just like i could talk about this all day it's it's genuinely something that really it's really so frustrates curating. me it's like we're talking about it now and we're talking about how infuriating it is and i can imagine that maybe our our generation once we have kids will probably think differently but what's to, who's to say that we will we might get into a in like 10 15 years and we might start thinking like our parents you know Again. when you're like a kid and you're like oh when i'm older i'm never going to let like i'm always going to let my kids do this be, and this and yeah. this and this because you're not letting me do this and then you get older and you change your perspective so who knows we might change our perspective and it just ends up being this shitty cycle yeah but i want to like pref- preface this by saying that i hopefully will not change my perspective yeah, on this yeah i don't think i'm I, going through a rebellious phase i'm just being no realistic. this isn't rebellious this is this is equality this is realistic But like, I don't know. You never know. It sucks that you never know, but like this is the world we live in as Arab Arab women in the Arab West. Arab women in the West. Um, but yeah, I feel okay, you said something to me earlier about the fact that you went home during like COVID for a yeah. couple months and then you came back here. So obviously, I mean, I've said this like multiple times on this podcast, but I'll say it again. Um, I've never lived in an Arab country. The only like the longest period of time that I've been in an Arab country is when we go to Jordan for a month every summer. So I have a very minimal like experience in living in an Arab country. Actually, are you not uh isn't there some Syrian in you? Yeah, my dad's half Syrian. So you never got like you never visited Syria no, like no, that. No, no, I haven't. No. I haven't. I I mean I haven't been been to Palestine in like 12 years. So no. even that like my three quarters of Palestine Like not even not... like before like everything started happening in Syria, you never visited. No. No, we no. didn't. It's it's like If we didn't visit Palestine it's it's going to be, be like difficult to visit Syria. So we never did, which sucks. I really wish I could. Yeah. But yeah, we have a whole side of the family over there. My entire my dad's side of the family is all living there. Oh, no way. I yeah. thought like you're just like part Syrian or something, but you don't have anyone in Syria left. No, no, they they live okay. there, but I like don't know them. You don't know. I barely them. know my mom's side of the family because they're yeah. all across the world. Like yeah. that's the thing. That's what happens when you're Arab and you start living in the West. You like Nobody's going to all be in the same place. No. It's so sad. Like now I'm so jealous my aunt who's been living in London for like for years. She like studied there and everything. She's a doctor. Um my uncle recently moved there when he like got married. So now there's two of them together in London which I'm so jealous of because I'm like that's so nice that they have No, Someone? and alhamdulillah, I'm super, super, super grateful that I have my aunt and my uncle living That's here. That's true, yeah, yeah, you do. Shout out to auntie and Hamza and Omar and Nasser, love you all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah, super grateful. So yeah. kind of 
like it gives that feeling of home away from home it's so like i i genuinely like me and my sister talk about this a lot i don't think my brother really thinks about it too much but like that's boys for you um my sister who is 13 she like is always like when we were younger she had a bunch of friends in the neighborhood and on saturdays and sundays she she would like want to go play with them or whatever and they'd be like oh sorry like we can't we're going to our granny's for dinner and she'd always be like oh i wish we had that yeah but then we go to amman for like a month and then we're like okay we're done yeah because it's like you get such an intense like amount no and of it's just like family for time like 24 7 and they're all talking and it's like the house is not not big enough for all of us but everyone's in the same no. salon and we're like chatting shit and all this stuff and then you get sick of it after a while because you're like enough if you do it for an evening every once in a while it's like cool you know it's fun you get to like hang out with your cousins or whatever but when it's like an intense month altogether you're like i need a break not even like when i go back home like especially in my dad's side they're like come 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 and we're always like spending time with them and then i'll be sitting beside my grandfather and we're just like silent like there's no like middle ground for us mm. to talk unless it's politics unless i'm like uh whatever they say that about syria yeah <laughs> unless it's that conversation yeah, i can't be like oh let's talk about you know my university chronicles <laughs> exactly because i i tried to talk to my granddad once about like you know, because, like, our, all of our granddads have had, like, their experiences in life. Yeah. Um, my granddad went to Japan for, like, a teaching seminar or course or something. And I sat down with him once and I was like, Sido, tell me about that. And he was like, yeah, I went. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I went. It was nice. And I was like, what did you do? He was like, it was a teaching course. And I was like, oh, anything else? Yeah, like, Halas, they don't, they're like, they're so, like, mellow. There's no, like, like you said, there's no middle ground. Not even, I feel like my cousins back home can can get a conversation out of him. It's just because, Yanni, they're, they've always been with him. They know they know what buttons to push yeah. to make him, They like, know how talk. to interact with him. Yeah, and I'm like, hi, Jado, Kifak. You just, like, say hi, Kifak, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> We're done. We're done for the day. Yeah. Whereas, like, my other grandfather, the, like, he's actually visiting us in Ireland right now. Um, he studied in RCSI. So Oh, my God. Yeah, your cousin, Amar. So I'm friends with Amar. <laughs> um, she was telling me about that. That was crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how that's how we ended up in Ireland. Like, we, we've always had a connection with Ireland. But basically, cool. um, he studied in Ireland. He studied in RCSI. And sometimes I'm just like, I, I, I can actually tell him about my time in university. I'm like, yeah. Shiddo, this has happened. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember we had something similar in RCSI. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, do you get me? It, yeah. Alhamdulillah, like, I'm so, so grateful. Mm. Like, there is that middle ground. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's nice. That's important to have. And it's nice that they're visiting you now as well. Yeah. You can, like, hang out with him. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, we steered off topic. I was going <laughs> to ask you, you, were, you stayed in Syria for a couple months and then you came back here. And you were telling me that, like, it was a stark difference. So chat to me about that. Okay, I feel like everyone is like oh i'm in the west i'm so different blah 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 blah. but no one ever talks about living in the west and then going back home mm. you stick out like a sore thumb like mm. like i'd be just walking voila, and they'd be like hey ajnabiya like how would you what know? yeah it's crazy ajnabiya, ajnabiya like translates foreign to foreigner, foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm including way too many like arab lingo into this podcast no, it's okay. but it's i'm assuming everyone that's listening I would say 90% of them are Arab, but there's the 10% that aren't. So yeah, we got to so, be inclusive, you know? Like, imagine, <laughs> I'd be walking in the traditional souks. Like, before I even open my mouth, like, they just, they, they know. just know. They just know. You you reek of foreignness, yeah. man. <laughs> Wait, why, though? I wonder why. Because, like, you grew up in Syria. I so. don't know if it's my mannerisms or, like. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell, so I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But, but yeah, you, you just, you know. That's wild. And, 
I feel like this is only exclusive to Syria. Maybe Palestinian people can relate to this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we left at like a very fundamental part in Syria. So yeah. basically, of course, society was changing rapidly because of what was happening. Yeah. So it's almost like they changed together. They grew up together. They, they learned these new oh, values. Oh, I get that. It's and like a just, bonding experience. It's just like, like a bonding the experience. Trauma. Yeah, the trauma. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's yeah. so sad. But yani, yeah, they all changed together. They all like adapted together. And mm-hmm. you're just like, huh? and they're like yeah you don't relate to us yeah that is so sad though that like that like what took to bond them is the trauma and the fact that you didn't experience that just makes you stick out like a sore thumb it is such a shame but like i noticed something and i think this is this is just like ignorance on my part but when you went back and when amar went back you guys were like posting on your instagram stories and stuff and i saw that like there's like really cool like concerts and there's loads of events and stuff and there's like so much luxury and really cool things happening in Syria. And for someone who has lived abroad and has not lived in Syria, I had this stupid mentality of that. It's, it's like this like war-ridden country. Like... And it's, yeah, which is so dumb because I had that same perspective about Palestine. Granted, last time I visited, I was eight, but we were in Gaza. So Gaza was like, it was kind of like a war zone, basically. So when I went through there, all I saw was rubble. So in my head, I was like, well, the whole of Palestine is going to be like this. And I was like, well, then Syria must be the exact same. Same. But then a couple of years ago, when I was talking to my teta, we were talking about Palestine. And she was like, you would love you would love it in Ramallah. And you would love it in Gaza. And you would love it in like, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, like, for example, I've seen pictures. Wow. But like, there's so much beauty in Palestine. There's so much beauty in Syria. And there's there's shit to do. There's stuff to do. There's a social life. Like, people are living their lives. It's not all war-ridden. Oh, yeah. Like, you know? wallahi, when I go back, it's like, they're in Europe. And I was the one that was still in Syria. Like, their life there is what, basically, <laughs> everyone's life in Syria is now, like, centered about, around, the, like, the social aspect. Mm. Like, they have nothing to do except meet up with each other, go out, yeah. have concerts, whatever, yeah. go to parties. Yeah. And it's just insane. Like, these people want to have fun. I, I mean, it's kind of derived from that, you know, like, we almost died. Khalas, we want to live life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, f- sucks, but fair. And, like... That's what I mean. Like, it's, it, I don't like that. I, I mean, me as an Arab had this perspective. Yeah. So, like, can you imagine somebody who isn't of Arab course. at all? You know, I only found out because I was friends with Arabs who were posting on their stories. But for someone who doesn't have any Arab friends, probably in their head, they still assume Syria is this word in country. Palestine is a word in country. And, like, Palestine obviously still has all the shit that's happening with Israel, but we won't talk about that. But, like, people, despite all of this, have a different perspective. Like, exactly what you said. We, A, could die at any minute we want to live our lives to the fullest what like we're not going to sit there and let like occupiers yeah, or like we just wanna... army or whatever just like just make us sit at home all day so they want to live their lives and they, they want to have wanna, a social like, life grab life yeah the neck. is which, that the correct saying yeah yeah which um, grab grab life by the reins like whatever, a horse yeah whatever <laughs> that saying yeah. is yeah it's happening in syria um so basically i don't know if your listeners would know but like law is like a very like strictly like white you know of course yeah there's a lot of irish people oh yeah yeah and then you know i had like i follow like 90 percent of my course on instagram and then when i went back home people were like wait this is syria no you're lying to us yeah there you go you were like the one all all it takes is one person yeah to show them the amount of replies I've gotten really? like, off Irish people like no way no way this is Syria I was not expecting this what do you say to them when they say that I like I'm just like yeah there's like beauty that is not shown by the media that yeah. is usually like my it's... generic response 
there's I I've decided like cause I've taken this decision that next year inshallah when I go back like I'm have like I'm making a vlog. Yeah, like, I you, wanna, should. you should. I want to make a full on vlog and just be like, hey guys, like this is the beauty of yeah. Syria. But again, I don't want to undermine you know the struggles of people back home. Like there are still people you know like insanely struggling to mm, just hundred percent yeah secure their you know food or whatever, put food on the table. And I'm not undermining that. I'm not saying you know Syria is all party and luxury. Like obviously it's very divided. Yeah, but there is still beauty to that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a big thing that's missing from a lot of the Arab countries is this like, I don't want to say like marketing because that's not yeah. a nice way to phrase it. But like we have this image that's centered around, centered around us in the media and we're not really doing much to battle it. And I think we should because as long as we're like, for example, Iraq, like the people who st- like You've seen pictures of Iraq and how beautiful it of is. Of course. But everyone who thinks of Iraq, they're all they're always going to think of like the US war, the all the bullshit that you happens know what? over there. I actually experienced that. Like I know Iraq is very beautiful, like rich in culture, but yeah. I always I always feel like I have to fight like every cell in my body to not picture Iraq as a war zone. Exactly. But that's the thing. It's it's ingrained in us because that's all we see in the media. Have you ever seen a media like if you if I Google search right now Iraq every single image or picture or whatever is that's going to come up is going to have something to do with the war because that's the the image that has been sent that's around the media, us in the media. We consumed. and it's the same with Syria and it's the same with Palestine it's like there are like I mean I can say this for Palestinians only because that's all I know but there's like Visit Palestine which is a page on Instagram that shows you the beauty of Palestine I think we need more stuff like that yeah that shows you the culture it's not just showing you people are going out drinking because I'm sure there are people who are doing that but that's not part of the culture. They're showing you the beauty of our culture, separating it from the you war know, and the occupation. The, the agenda that exactly. has been set. Exactly. I, I try to do that. Like I follow a lot of these like pages that do the same thing in Syria and I always try and repost them on my story. Yeah. And I always feel like people, you know, just say like, oh, you know, it's being Syrian her only like personality. Let it be. Let it be. And I'm like, you if know If it isn't, who, who else is going to do that though? Exactly. I just feel like I have this moral duty to be mm. like, you know, look how insanely beautiful my country is. 100%. 100%. I try to do the same thing with Palestine because I think people, people are always going to see it as like, especially like, you know, Palestine. Yeah. People are always going to see it as the, oh, the Palestine, like Israel issue and, and they're always going to bring in Israel to it and yeah. it's always going to be this debate of my freaking identity and exactly. i'm like can we not just appreciate like the olive the olive tree and like the, the beauty oranges of, yeah and like the beauty of my country yeah. just as a country why do we have to always bring the politics the and conflict. always bring the war and the conflict into it it's just like it's social and that's that kind of affects our identity as palestinians because when you tell someone you're a palace a couple years ago i never experienced this in cyprus it was only here because our irish people are so pro-palestine whenever i would tell someone i'm palestinian in my head i'm like okay whatever um, but to them, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about everything that's happening. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, thanks. But also, like, that is my experience here. I feel like every Syrian can agree that we all experience still to that, like to, to this day, this is our experience. So basically, when I first came in like late 2012, you know, the war did start, but it wasn't taking up that much space in the media. And then like just a few, like, when people would ask me, where are you from? I'd have to explain geographically, like, where Syria is. I'd yeah. be like, you know, below Turkey, beside Lebanon, beside mm. Jordan. And, I, like, my last resolution would be, oh, beside Israel. And they'd be like, oh. 
بس yeah. يعني a few months like following that I'd be like I'm from Syria and everyone's like oh I'm so sorry They're like, like you have so family sorry. there yeah and then okay? it's like this whole like full on conversation like don't get me wrong like I am very upset exactly, about what exactly. happened and yes I am Syrian like that is very much a part of my identity but there's so much more to me 100% 100%. And there's so much more to being Syrian. And yeah, exactly. And like, it's not just war. Yeah, it's not just war. Yeah, but that's... And it's going to be like this for a while, I think. I don't know how long it's going to take for this that part of us to go away. The, it's always going to be there because obviously yeah. it, you can't deny that otherwise that you're negating the experiences of loads of people. But if it's all people see... and Like, I don't know how that's going to change. We have to yeah, like... Yeah, like, I, I just... I, I don't know how, like, people don't know that Syria was like the cradle of civilization like we had the first alphabet we had the first musical exactly. no you know so many things stemmed from Syria exactly and exactly. I'm like you you just don't know that every Arab country has their own thing that's like been the source of something that's happening like in the mo- modern yeah. world and yet nobody knows that they just know that they were at one point war ridden but yeah anyway let's move on yeah let's move on, <laughs> let's move on. Um, I There's something that you said you wanted to talk about, which I thought was hilarious, but I think we should have a chat about it. So you were saying that there is like a plastic surgery epidemic oh, a <laughs> in our country. Oh, a thousand percent, bro. I They all want to be hateful. <laughs> I want to preface this by saying I'm not shaming anybody for oh, plastic yeah, surgery 1, because like your body, your choice, do whatever makes you feel happy within yourself. But it's just so funny. Look, If you if you feel bad about, you know, as, like what you look like, go ahead and fix that. If that will boost your confidence, 100%. you know, be my friend. 100%, yeah. But I just find it deeply troubling when like a society is sending an underlying message like, Yanni, why do you look like that? Can't mm. you go and fix that? Yeah. You know, we're like, especially at such a tender age, like girls back home see the nose thing. The nose thing. The nose oh thing my is God. so big. It's like, crazy. A rhinoplasty is like a birthright, like back home. Yeah, literally. No, it's ridiculous. It's like, look, again, like, don't misunderstand us when we're saying do what you want. If you are unhappy with a part of yourself, fair enough. It's just, it comes from like, What's the word? Eurocentric, I think. Yes. It's the just user, the white shit. Eurocentric features. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like you have to have a small nose and it's going to be like a little bit upright. And it's like you have to have like all these small features because you want to look pretty and like fit within the Western ideal of like a pretty woman. It's the same shit as the BBL. Literally. It's the same. Oh, I have a very funny story about Okay, that. go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Tell us about your okay, BBL. So Tell us about your BBL. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't get one. I didn't get one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Annie, the Kim Kardashian, you know, beauty standard is yeah. also starting to rub off yeah. uh, in Syria. I know this woman personally, and she was like, oh, you know, stuff is getting hard economically in Syria. You know, our wages are decreasing. Inflation is increasing. You know, it's getting really hard. What does this woman do? She saves up all her money just to go get a BBL. For- oh, my God. And she has kids. <gasps> No, I'm like, and you know this person. Yeah, really? I'm like, it's not that deep, you know. Go touch some grass, like Yanni. But Allah, it's not that deep. Let's go touch some grass. I love that phrase. Oh my god. Yeah, BBLs are. F- it's like that shit is an epidemic in itself. But you're you're telling me, you know, money is getting hard. You know, get your priorities straight. You have kids. Yeah, yeah, man. I think, forget the BBL thing, but the, like no, the no, nose no, job me, thing. The nose job thing. Okay, so basically, it makes me so sad. Like the amount of like tweets I see from people 
I like I have a dermatologist back home, okay? Okay. So I always visit my dermatologist and my dermatologist just casually goes like, Did you ever think about getting your nose done? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. That's no, not no, okay. It's so casual. Do people say that shit to you? Yeah. Do you like do you, what in Mabizalu does nobody get upset? I remember like even one of my cousins was like when, when we were growing up she was like oh when you grow up and I make sure you know to shitly infect I don't know how to even translate that like push she, your nose up yeah she was like you know your nose your profile is really nice but you know but do shitly you need to you need to you need to push your nose up basically yeah, yeah. oh my god and then my other cousin <laughs> okay. I'm like out here like shaming my cousin shadow <laughs> they're not listening. <laughs> She's like, no, oh, just get a bit of filler in your chin, yeah. Just to know, hey, can make your face a little more symmetrical. Now, are you kidding? Sorry, when was this said to you? You're twenty now, so when was this said no, to no, you? No, no, that last summer, the nose thing. The Alile. Oh my oh, god. Oh no, the the shetle thing was yeah. like growing up. Like I was like Bro. mad young. I was like seven, eight, something like that. Oh my god. Why are, Bruh. I'm telling you, it's insane. See, this is why I want to talk about this stuff. Like, it's not okay. We reached a level and it's not okay No one's saying it to boys, man. They're only saying it to girls. It's the same bullshit. Even men are getting Botox back home. It's that. that, But okay, but is that being pushed on them? Or is that just like becoming a, a norm? Like the same way that like the nose thing is pushed on girls. I feel like like it's kind of both. So Mm. back home, like, like, you know... Being an influencer is such like a great thing. Like try and be an influencer. Really? Yeah, everyone's like, let's really? become influencers. Oh my god, okay, that's kinda surprising. I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, yeah, Nipsaraha, I know more Syrian and um, Syrian slash Arab influencers than I know here in Ireland. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I did not know that at all. Yeah, so like this is the big thing back home. Everyone's like, okay. you know, let's become an influencer, let's become the new thing. Right. Obviously men Part also of that want comes to be- with looking good and like all the of course you you get it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that makes sense actually yeah i get that i think it's so shit because this is the thing influencer culture comes from the west so that the whole like the trying to make yourself look good like what is like what is it in an influencer's mind in an arab influencer's mind when she sees like a bump on her nose or a bit of a big nose where she's like i'm not fitting the western influencer standard because they're trying to be west like Western style influencers, right? See, I don't know. I can speak this for Syrian Lebanon, okay? Before, okay. Even before like the digital influencer age, mm-hmm. like we always had a problem with plastic surgery. Maybe Lebanon is more extreme, but yeah, I mean, we've always had you know rhinoplasties, okay, all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah, but it's just hella like it's not hidden. That's so interesting. Like every influencer was back it home- ever hidden in Lebanon though? Was it ever hidden there? Because I've always known it as this stereotype of like. Lebanese people are always getting their face done. And it was just like this thing where you just know it growing up. I can't verify that. Okay. Sarah, like, you need someone Lebanese to come and verify that. Okay. This, I know, as a Syrian, yeah. it was a thing. This, okay. It wasn't, it, like, it was a tab. Like, you'd get it done. This, you wouldn't so, speak about it. Can I ask about this? Do you think religion has anything to do with it? Like, would you see a super religious woman? Or not even super religious, just a religious woman, like a hijabi. Uh, promote plastic surgery now yeah really yeah okay they don't care because i think is it in our is it in islam that you're not supposed you're not to get meant to mo- modify any Allah's yeah creation. i don't know i'm not 100 sure no, i'm not this sure is what i know you're not supposed to unless it's for like medical reasons medical i think reasons. that's the perspective on it i think it might be permissible in like 
severe cases where it's actually like severely affecting your confidence like okay i'm sure there's a lot of like you yeah, know, I'm not a chef. Hadith on it. We're yeah. not going to get into the religion aspect, but I'm just saying like... No one quote me on this. I wonder if like, you know, the same way where people would talk about Lebanon a while ago where they'd be like, it's like the Western... The Paris of the Middle East. Yes. Yeah. They would say stuff like that. Do you think that other Arab countries are trying to be like that? Because I, when I was in Jordan, like obviously I had this like completely different image of Arab countries in general where I'd be like, oh, everyone's like you know well behaved and they're mm. they're all like they don't like hide shit from their parents crazy. and whatever they're crazy there are people who are like <laughs> bitches be bonkers yeah bitches be bonkers <laughs> literally but like i did not realize the amount of it feels i don't know if i want to say that it's like coming from a western influence like i don't know if the people in jordan in lebanon in syria are seeing people from the US for example like the Kardashians like whatever and they're being like we want to mimic this or if there's people who are like the Kim Kardashian of the Arab Arab world and they're trying to mimic them mm. I don't know where that's coming from do you know? See, I Would Haifa Wahbi be the Kim Kardashian of Well not, <laughs> not her necessarily No not her but... specifically but yeah, I don't keep up, keep up with like all that stuff. I don't know yeah. who's the it girl right now. Yeah. Oh, actually, I do know Yasmin Sabri. I feel like oh, she's that's the true. it girl. But is she? She doesn't have a BBL. I don't think so. But she has big lips. That's true. But that's the thing. Is she trying to mimic Kim Kardashian? That's what I mean. Like, is it all coming from even the big it girls from the Arab world? Or they're they're coming from this like influence of the West and the US and all this kind of stuff. So I feel like all of our problems with this like influencer culture. And the plastic surgery and all this kind of shit is all stemming from the Western ideal of like this like modern woman. Look, I can't answer that. A, yeah. But I can definitely say that now growing up as Arabs, especially like as Syrians, mm-hmm. we have this thing called that's not us. We just, we never like... You never feel enough. We never feel enough. We're always conditioned to feel like in Arabic, we We don't look as beautiful as our like, you know... What? How can I explain this? Like our our Western counterparts? Do you mean kind of or as our potential? Mm. Like there's always more work to be done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the nose thing is an example. I think, but this is the thing. We say this now, but then when we look at like there's like a like for example being Arab and looking at people in the West and like I compare the expectations that are put on me versus the expectations that are put on my friends who are Irish. So the expectations of like the way that we're raised and stuff are not the same, but the way that we look is considered to be the same. Mm. There's like no connect there. It's like, why do you want us to look like the people in the West, but you don't want us to act like them? We exactly, can't have everything. Exactly. We can't, we can't have like our own identity. It sucks. Yeah. Like Arabs love, love, love like the Western standards of beauty. That's what I mean. It, it There's no connect. They love the Western standards of beauty, but they don't like they don't the Western. Want to behave, you, they don't want you to behave like them. Yeah. I don't know, but all I can say is there's definitely like an influence, like an underlying message within Arab society. You know, you need to interfere with your physical appearance, whether it's throughout Botox and plastic surgery in the Levant or, for example, in Sudan, where there's like also like an epidemic of skin bleaching. You know, Sudan. What? Yeah. Sudan. Hold on. Are you serious? I'm 100 percent serious. Isn't that the shit that they have in like like Japan and China where they want you to look as pale as possible? Yeah, it's something like that. Oh my god! See, skin I, bleaching. Skin bleaching. Jeez. Apparently, there's this thing called like fair and fair. I don't know what was the product called, like fair and beauty, something like that. 
and they okay. like they do this like huge campaigns in like Sudan, Nigeria, <gasps> telling girls to bleach themselves. Stop it! Wow, I and my Sudanese friend was telling me like if you bleach like your skin, if you look like you know you're on the fair side of the the spectrum you know you're more likely to get married you're more likely to get a job you're more yeah you know it's related to all aspects of your life so basically whether it's throughout you know a rhinoplasty mm. whether it's throughout botox whether throughout skin bleaching arab society is not happy with the way arab women look yeah it's so crazy to yeah, me. you know what's so crazy um i just came with the conclusion that the western society like accepts me accepts the way how i look more mm. than you know back home yeah no you're right i think now younger generations are very much in this like i don't phase is not the right word we're we're in this like new mentality of accepting you the way you are like you know body positivity and like getting over like any body dysmorphia that you would have when you were a kid and like watching all this shit on tv and disney and all this kind of stuff you know i think that is something that we're in in the Western world mm-hmm. and I really like that and I think it's great. I don't think that reached back home. Yet. I don't think it reached back home and I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will. Because there's always, especially as people now, we are conditioned. Like I I am always in like the middle ground of like body positivity, lose weight. It's like always there and it's always this like, what's the word? Like weighing scales or something where I don't know which one is it's always like in the back of my mind it's like this internalized like fat phobia or something yeah it's so stupid and like whatever i do whatever i do to try and battle that and like get rid of that internalized shitty mentality it's always going to be there because you're conditioned as a kid to you see it all the time you hear it from the people around you from the arabs around you and like i don't know if it's ever going to change not even since like plastic surgeons and you know and dermatologists have become become so influential within within our society they definitely will not allow the body positivity exactly. movement to reach our society exactly because like it's we a were, controlled market now yeah. but see this is the thing we say this but like we're talking about body positivity but people are now <laughs> trying to change their bodies so that they look like the like quote unquote kim kardashian kim kardashian thing which is like they have curves this is embracing body positivity but it's like no cuz you're still doing it wrong. They're yeah. still like the plastic surgeons are still getting hella money hella in money, America. Yeah. So it's always going to be, it's just going to be like this new trend where nobody's ever going to be satisfied with the way they look. And I think that's something that we can say is a common feature of Arab culture and Western culture. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. So we don't know when it's going to change. But anyway, we have to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to end on like such a... Maybe have me on again and we can continue I will this. 100% have you on again. I will bring everybody back on. I feel like there's so many unfinished conversations. Right? Like just 40 minutes is not enough. Or it's 45 not enough. minutes is yeah. not enough. It's nice to talk about stuff like that though. And this is why I like having this show. Because like you can always... You're always going to find a bit of common ground with somebody. Yeah, there's such like a dilemma to being an Arab. <laughs> Literally. We have never ending problems. It's just constant yeah. trauma. <laughs> so this is like kind of a therapy session for us. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you so much, Lana, for coming no, on. Thank you for having me. It was an honor, truly an honor. It was an honor for me to have you on. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to go back and forth. From um, one law president. I mean, lo- from one law student Literally, to law president. Law president, yeah. Law arabesque president to another. Um, thank you for coming on and follow. You want to oh, promote yeah. your socials? Lana Samarbi. So my middle name is Samar. Okay, there you go. <laughs> if you're questioning And that. if you're tuning in for the first time, our Instagram is chai.and.chats. The recordings for all of the episodes are on Belfield FM's Mixcloud. So 
I guess if you're listening back to this and you haven't listened to the, any of the episodes, you can go back and listen to them all. We have had yeah, some great guests. That was my Instagram. I just randomly blurted out my username, guys. That was my. Oh Instagram. yes, that was my. I don't Instagram think. Handle. I mean, what are you gonna get like your Twitter handle or something? Oh no! Please don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram is where it's at. So For yeah. The love of God, Instagram only. <laughs> Chai chats. Um, thank you for tuning in and thank you, Lana, for coming on. We'll speak again next Monday at 6pm on Belfield FM. Bye.